This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. Sunday and praise God what a what a day it is to be able to celebrate Jesus being risen from the dead and I'm telling you the resurrection is the greatest day on the Christian calendar it's what makes everything else work without a resurrection I'm telling you we don't have anything we don't have a message without a resurrection a dead Jesus wasn't enough because we needed Jesus to, to rise from the dead and and really this that, well, we're celebrating the resurrection, the resurrection day. And that day was the greatest day in history whenever Jesus was risen from the day. And you know what? We are still celebrating that day and we're still celebrating the power of the resurrection 2,000 years later because there's still power in the resurrection. The resurrection still is changing lives because of that event that happened um, 2,000 years ago. And, and you know, um, I, I was talking the other day about the cross and um, we, talked, we talked about the mathematics of the cross the, the other day and I was talking about how the cross, it, it, it was at the period of Passover. But you know what, um, when you follow the Jewish, um, the, the Jewish events through, you had, you had Passover, you know, the Passover lamb. But you see the morning that Jesus rose from the dead, it, it corresponds with an event as well in Leviticus. I'm not going to read this out, but it's in Leviticus um, 23 and verses 10 through 12, where it talks about there were on that resurrection morning, um, just like, um, well, on that resurrection, we'll just go for that. On that resurrection morning, when Jesus rose from the dead, what was happening in the fields was that the Bible tells us that the priests they would be offering sheaths up and uh, up to God, and it was the the first fruits. And so, they, in, on that resurrection, as Jesus rose from the dead, what was happening in the fields were the priests they were offering up the the sheaths um, to God. And um, if, if God accepted the first fruits, what happened was the rest of the crop was blessed. Well, do you know what? On resurrection morning, when Jesus rose from the dead, that's what was happening. And then the Bible lets us know that Jesus went before the Father and he stood in the presence of God on our behalf because he was representing us and he offered his blood and the Father accepted everything that Jesus did and he obtained, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, eternal um, redemption for us. But over in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9 it says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and it makes this phrase here, and became the first fruits of them that slept. Uh, he's the first fruits. Okay, so when Jesus rose from the dead, he's called the first fruits. Or you could say he's a firstborn. He's the firstborn of many brethren. And we're the many brethren. And because Jesus rose from the dead, it paved the way for us to have eternal life. And it paved the way for us to have a resurrection body as well, which we'll, I'll just refer to in a moment. But I want you to know when Jesus rose from the dead, it affected us because Jesus was accepted by the Father. And when he was accepted and his sacrifice and everything that he done for us was accepted and redemption was complete. Let me tell you, he's the first fruits and we're the crop. And because the first fruit was blessed, let me tell you, we're blessed today. So we're not accepted, as it says in Ephesians, because of how good we are or anything that we have done. The Bible lets us know that it was all by the grace of God. It was all in Jesus Christ that we are accepted in the beloved and because Jesus was accepted when you receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life then you are accepted before the Father because Jesus the first fruit was accepted that's that's wonderful that's that's what was happening on resurrection morning when Jesus rose from the dead he went and he offered himself to the Father but the priests were waving those sheaths and in type they were uh, 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 they were 
still doing the type, but the reality was taking place. So in type, it was God accepting the first fruits and the harvest was blessed. But praise God that we are accepted all because of Jesus and because Jesus rose from the dead. Um, and so I just want to share a few things just on resurrection um, this evening and really why we needed a resurrection in the first place. You know, this all goes back to write the Genesis um, whenever God made man. And you'll see in, in Genesis chapter 2 that when God made Adam, he formed him out of the dust of the ground, and that was his body. And then the Bible says he breathed into man. That word breath is for spirit. He put a spirit in him, and he became a living soul. So you see that when God made man, man was three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And then God told man told Adam, he's, he, 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 he showed him the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And he said, the day that if you ever eat of that tree, and he told him not to eat of the tree, but he says, if you ever eat of that tree in the very day that you eat it, you would surely die. Well, we know that Adam partook of that tree, Adam and Eve, um, but when Adam partook of it, the, the Bible lets us know that man went into sin. But we know when Adam out of that tree, he didn't keel over physically and die. But we do know that Adam did die. And what part of Adam died on that day that he had it? And this is important. You say, where am I going with this? This is why there's a resurrection. Do you see, you're a spirit and I'm a spirit. And when Adam died that day, he didn't die physically. How he died was spiritually. See, when God made man, he made his body and then he breathed a spirit into him. So that spirit was connected to God right up until Adam partook of the fruit of that tree. And the moment he partook of that tree, the fruit of that tree, Adam was separated in his spirit from God. And that's what you call spiritual death, to be separated. Um, it's just like if you take um, a bunch of flowers, you know, uh, well, say flowers that are planted in the ground, they're connected to the ground. So they have life flowing in them. Um, but the moment you cut those flowers, even though they look like they're alive, they're dead because they've been disconnected from their source. Well, it was the same way for Adam. When Adam, um, when Adam sinned and partook of that tree, he did die. He died spiritually first, and then he physically died 930 years later. So God told him, in the day that you eat of it, you will die. So he didn't keel over and die physically, but he did die spiritually. In actual fact, if you, if you have a margin Bible in it, it'll say this, in dying you shall die. In other words, you will have two deaths. So Adam was dead um, um, spiritually, and then 930 years later he died um, um, physically. I'm not trying to complicate it this evening, but here's why we needed a Savior. Because we needed a Savior to come and identify with us and to take our deaths for us. He had to die spiritually and physically for us in order for us to have spiritual life and down the road in order for us to have a resurrection body. He had to take our place. Now, when Adam sinned, he became separated from God. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. So Adam, it's a, let, me, let me say this here. It was like as if Adam got hooked up to a system of sin and death that he could not get out of. I mean, it trapped him. And yeah, that's why Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He wasn't talking to to um, dead people. He's talking to living people, but they're separated from God. They're connected to sin and death, and they don't even realize that they're disconnected from God. They think they're living, just like many of us. I know for 19 years of my life, I thought I was living life. I was having a good time, but didn't realize, always knew something was missing, but didn't realize just maybe how disconnected I was from God until I received him. And um, I, I love to explain this here. I don't know any of you have ever seen the film The Matrix, but in The Matrix, 
you have all of these people that are connected to a big system and they think they're actually living but they're not they're connected to a system and I'll not overcomplicate the film because it is it's a thinker to, to work out the film but they're they're connected to a system and what really the film is about is about getting people disconnected from that system and I'm telling you that's what Jesus came to do for us he came to disconnect us from the system of sin and death and I tell you we needed to be set free and um, I'm going to use that illustration um, this evening with the matrix because um, if you've ever seen the film it is it is a good analogy to show that people think they're living but actually they're not living they're actually connected to a system and they're really they're they're not even living at all and that's the way it is before you receive Jesus. You can be living, breathing, but you're not really living because you don't have God's life in you. And the only way to get God's life is to receive what Jesus done for us and have that life that comes into us is the life of God. It is resurrection life that comes on the inside of us. Now, this is why a cross without a resurrection it was powerless now we i talked the other night about the power of the cross thank god for the cross and the power in it but the reason there's part of the cross is because jesus did rise from the dead a cross without a resurrection that cross is powerless what gives the the cross power is the fact that jesus rose from the dead do you see, on the cross, Jesus was taking your place and he was taking my place on the cross. He died our death. So he, he had to become that. So the power of the cross is Jesus took your death. He took your, uh, your curse. He took your sickness. He took your punishment. He took your shame. That's all well and good. He did all of that. And he, had, he, he took our place on the cross and thank God for it. But if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, I'm telling you, all of that was a waste of time. And the Bible tells, that, tells us that because it is the, the, the resurrection that gives power to the cross. Um, Hebrews 2 and verse 14, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that has the power of the devil. You see, in, in, at the cross, Jesus took your place and he took my place. Now, there's a wonderful scene in um, that film, The Matrix, where the, the, the key guy in it is called Neo, and he has a, a guy that's out to get him. He's called Agent Smith. And um, there's a part in the movie where actually Neo just runs and he just he come, he jumps into the inside of Agent Smith, and what happens is he becomes him. He's in him. I mean, he's took upon him all of that on the inside of him. But, and, but then he, he destroys it. See, he had to become it in order to destroy it. And I'm telling you, that's what the cross was. The cross was Jesus taking your place and taking my place. The cross was Jesus taking the punishment, taking the sin, taking the shame. Everything that Adam brought us, everything when Adam sinned, he became a sinner and he passed death onto every one of us. So we all were trapped in sin and death. But I'm telling you, Jesus came to take our place. And how did he take our place? By becoming the very thing that was holding us. He who knew no sin was made to be sin. So he actually became sin, not by his sin. He never, ever sinned. He was a spotless lamb of God without blemish. But he became sin because your sin and my sin was transferred to him. So he became sin. He took upon himself that system of sin and death and he became the very thing that was holding us in order to set us free. And in resurrection, he rose victorious and he smashed sin and death to pieces. And so sin and death has no hold in your life or my life anymore because the one who took our place, who identified with us on the cross, he died your death, he took your burial, but also he rose victorious so that you could have a pathway for resurrection life and ultimately 
to have a resurrection body one day. So the reason he took your place is so that he became part of that, that he became part of that system of sin and death. Why? In order to defeat it and in order to destroy it. And I'm telling you, sin and death, when you understand the power of the resurrection, it has absolutely no power whatsoever over your life anymore not one bit of power so what Adam did let me tell you Jesus came and he absolutely destroyed that he what Satan brought into this world through Adam all sin came into this world and I'm telling you Jesus came to destroy that so what Adam did it had an impact it was powerful but I'm telling you what Jesus done was so much greater and I'm telling you sin and death has no hold on a believer's life anymore and it's offered freely to everybody because Jesus did it all freely and he offers it by the grace of God to everyone. And so I'm telling you that the cross without a resurrection is powerless, but thank God Jesus, he took our place, but he also was raised from the dead. Over in um, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 12, it says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose not from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection? People were saying there was no resurrection. But he says, but if there be no resurrection, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then you then is our preaching vain and your faith is a waste of time. So if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, what I'm doing tonight or anybody that's been ministering today all across the country, they've just been wasting their time because if there's no resurrection, all we have is a powerless um, religious message with no power to change anybody's life would still be trapped if you understand what I'm saying this evening in that system of sin and death with no way of getting free no we had to have a savior come to set us free from that system and how did he set us free he became the very thing that was holding us in order to destroy it and in destroying it he rose from the dead victorious so that we could be set free from that system of sin and death. So you don't have to live anymore like a sinner. In other words, you can, you can realize that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't have to live beat down anymore because Jesus came to set you free from that system. Anything that sin and death was hold, how it held you, whether it was the sin nature or whether it was the effects of sin, what sin brought into this world, all of the pain and loneliness and all of those kind of things, sickness and any of those things. Let me tell you, Jesus destroyed destroyed it completely so that we could be set free from it. Um, but it's saying here that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, it's, it's an absolute waste of time. Verse 15 or 16, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ risen. And if Christ be not risen, your faith is vain. And look at this, and you are yet in your sin. You see, Jesus died for our sin at the cross, but it took the resurrection to seal the deal. And so, yes, there's power in Jesus dying for us, but if the cross doesn't have a resurrection, we're all in our sin. It needed Jesus to die with our sin, take our sin, carry it out of the way, and then rise up victorious with no sin in order to pave the way for us so that we could put faith in a Savior and be set free from our sin. That's what the resurrection is all about. It says, Then they also which are fallen asleep, anybody that has died, let me tell you, it was a waste of time for them as well. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So if all we have is some religious message now to get us through life, our cr crutch for life, religion, well then we are of all men most miserable. But it says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and he has become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For in Adam all die. But in Christ, all shall be made alive. Jesus paid 
paved the way for everybody, anybody who would receive Jesus to have eternal life. So the resurrection gives power to everything. It gives power to everything that Jesus did. Do you see, he defeated hell. He defeated the grave. He, de- he defeated sin. He defeated it all. And he offered us that eternal life. So the first thing I want to just share a few of these things this evening. The first thing is the resurrection. It equals your resurrection to new life. And because Jesus rose from the dead, let me tell you, you now have eternal life when you put faith in Jesus. That's what it said there, for in Adam all die. Because of Adam, Adam's sin passed upon all men. And it put all of mankind trapped in a system of sin and death. But I'm telling you, in Jesus Christ, you can be set free and truly live for the first time. You see, there's there's only true life in Jesus. Without Jesus, we're like the living dead. Yeah, we've got physical life, we breathe, we eat, we do everything else that everybody else does, but we're disconnected. But I'm telling you, the moment you receive Jesus, you're connected back to your source. You're connected back to God and you have what the Bible calls Zoe life. You have the life of God. You see, Jesus came to give us an abundant life, life more abundantly. And that is a result of the resurrection. See, without the resurrection, we're trapped. Without the resurrection, we are defeated. Without the resurrection, we're dead. Without the resurrection, we're lost. But I'm telling you, with the resurrection, we have the life of God on the inside of us. And Romans 5 verse 10, it says, For if when we were the enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so we are saved by his life. Jesus came to bring us into a new dimension of life. You can have the life of God on the inside of you. You see, like, if we could see it, where we're, if we, were, we could see it like that matrix story that we're trapped to a system, we're not truly living. But I'm telling you, the moment you're set free, you can truly live. And I want you to know that Jesus came to give you a life to where you would be free from the, the free from that sin nature, totally free from it, and free from the effects that the sin nature had over our life. And um, Romans 6 and verse 3 it says, Know ye not? That so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You know what I always say is here, even for our Christian walk, um, and this scripture here actually is the verse that life source um, is based upon. And that is that Jesus came and died our death he took our place. He took, my, he took your death. He took my death. He took our b- burial. Um, he, he took your burial. He took my burial. And let me tell you, he, he enabled us to have resurrection life. So let me tell you, his death was your death. His burial was your burial. But his resurrection was your resurrection. And he offered us resurrection life. Now, we have that resurrection life on the inside of us today when you receive Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible says we should now live and walk out of newness of life. That's the life that he came to give us. And that's why I, I, that's why I had to be so strong. And if you've ever heard me teach on things like righteousness, that's why I had to be so strong. I hate the phrase, absolutely hate it with a passion, that people say, um, I'm just an old, unworthy sinner saved by grace. There's no such a creature. You can't be an old, unworthy sinner and be saved by grace. Now, you can be an old, unworthy sinner, but the moment you receive Jesus, you get new life and you get a new nature. 
So you cannot be an old unworthy sinner. You are someone that's now born again. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, if any man be a new creature, he is, or if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and behold, all things are become new. There's one translation that says a total new species that never existed before. So you can't be someone that's new and drag your old man with you. That old man is dead. And there's too many people still carrying around the man they used to be. But you see, the resurrection sets you free from that and gives you a new life. You see, when you receive Jesus, you have to see that you've been freed. Just like in that film, Neil was freed from the system. And he really, for the first time, became alive and understood what was happening. Well, let me tell you, for for us in Christ, when you receive Jesus, you get newness of life. And God doesn't want you to live out of rules and regulations, out of just some religious system. No, he put life on the inside of us. And when you realize who you are now, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when you realize that you have his life on the inside of you, it actually empowers you. And the Bible says in Romans 5 that you see that you are free from sin. So when you see that you are free from sin, then you reckon that sin doesn't have dominion over over you anymore because you realize it's through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that you begin to reign in life. That all comes out of that awareness that you have been set free. But as long as we still carry about an old man with us thinking that that old man, I'm, I'm like dual natured, I have a sin nature and I have a righteous nature, know that old man is dead dead and buried. Jesus provided a death for that old man and he provided a burial for that old man and that old life is completely gone and what rose up is a new life with, and you have the newness of life as it talks about that Zoe life and when you realize who you are that you're free you see that's what happens so many people still live like they're a sinner do you know why because they still identify themselves as a sinner they'll say I'm just an old unworthy sinner saved by grace and instead of saying I used to be an old unworthy sinner and thank God that Jesus died my death he took my burial and that man is gone and so I am the new creature in Christ Jesus therefore I can rule and reign in life by one Christ Jesus no instead of that what they do is they drag a corpse around with them everywhere they go and they still identify themselves to their weakness they still identify themselves to their past they still say you know they still identify when they meet someone they still drag their past into their conversation it's like you know if someone you know was an alcoholic before they get they get saved they still want to identify themselves as an alcoholic they'll say you know what I'm I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm dry so many days, but uh, you know what, I, I, I'm an alcoholic, but you know what, I'm dry. No, you're not an alcoholic anymore. The moment you receive Jesus, you're not an alcoholic anymore. You might have said, you know what, I was, a, I was addicted to porn, but I'm telling you, once you receive Jesus, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You stop saying you're, you're, a, a, you know, you're a pervert and start saying, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Identify yourself always in Christ. You might say, but I still have habits and still have things that hold my life, but you will never overcome them unless you identify yourself in the new nature. Do you know, even in the film The Matrix, Neo, when he was set free from the system, he had to have his mind set free from the system because his mind was still controlling him. He still thought he was trapped. And that's what happens to Christians. Christians get set free, but they're getting beat up in between their ears because they haven't renewed their life to resurrection life. Let me tell you, they still identify as a, as, a, as a sinner instead of seeing themselves as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know what, I, I often um, use the illustration, you know, in America when, you know, someone has witnessed a crime or whatever, they go into the witness protection agency and they have to take on a whole new identity. And if they ever identify with who they used to be, they leave their life vulnerable. 
And for, uh, for them to have life and to live their life to the full, they have to take on their new identity. Well, let me tell you, when you receive Jesus, you are not who you used to be. You have to take on the new identity and be renewed in your mind and stop thinking like you're, you, you're the person you used to be. You'll never rule and reign with sin consciousness. You'll never rule and reign with Adam's thinking as an Adam in the garden who made us all sinners. No, you have to take on the mind of Christ. And when you take on the mind of Christ, you can begin to rule and reign in life. So the resurrection, it equals resurrection life and new life. And thank God for that new life. Um, resurrection equals power. And that's what Paul said, Philippines 3 and verse 10, it says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, that I might know him and that I might know the power of the resurrection. There is power in the resurrection. There is power in the resurrection to set you free in life. Number one, it set you free from that sin nature. And number two, it'll set you free from any hold that that thing had, any baggage that that had in your life. Let me tell you, there's power in God to set you free from anything. Don't limit what God can do in your life. You might say, do you know what? I've been struggling with things in my life. Well, let me tell you, stop thinking about those things and get your eyes just on Jesus and what he done for you. Start to see that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, people's lives would change if they just started to focus on what Jesus had done for them. I mean, you can't, you can't overcome the flesh with willpower. You can't do it. You have to take on who you are in Christ. The only way you can overcome the, 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 um, the anything in our lives, we've all got things in our lives that we're walk, walking our way through. And, and that's, that's life. But I want you to know that the power is available to set you free. Because there's power in the resurrection. It's, it's, the resurrection is powerful. Without the resurrection, there's no power. It can set you free from anything in life. So whatever's holding you, it doesn't have to hold you. I encourage you to just start focusing and meditating on your new identity. Instead of calling yourself a sinner, an old unworthy sinner and beating yourself up for the next week, why don't you start saying, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for me that I'd be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and just start saying I'm a new creature I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus that old life has no power over me any 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 longer there's power in the resurrection to change lives to change circumstances Do you know before Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection he referred to his life as a Pharisee and he, he said that that was all done there was, it was powerless. It couldn't save him. But I'm telling you, there's power in Jesus. And, you know, Paul was saying that the law couldn't save me. You know, all of his righteous living couldn't save him. But I'm telling you, there's power in the resurrection. And there's power in Jesus to set people free. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, there's a wonderful prayer here. I'm not going to go through it all. But really, what Paul was praying was that we would get a revelation of the exceeding greatness of his power. Um, let me just read this part of it. He says that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and he's put all things under his feet and give him to be the head over all things to his church which is his body the fullness of him that fulfills all in all we're his body and he's been raised and he's been seated at the right hand and in chapter 2 of Ephesians it lets us know that we're seated at the right hand of 
of the Father in Jesus Christ. So if Jesus is at the right hand, let me tell you, you're at the right hand. And as shown here, the power of the resurrection, that Jesus took our place. Let me tell you, Jesus died your death. He was buried for you. And he bore all of that rubbish all of that sin, all of that consequence, he bore it into hell itself. And the Bible says that God raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Let me tell you, nothing could hold him. He, I mean, he literally took everything that sin and death could throw at him and he he rose victorious over it. And today he is far above every name that can be named. But let me tell you where you are today. And this is the power of the resurrection. You're seated with him in heavenly places. You see, if you are, if you are sin consciousness, you're going to be earthly minded. And you're going to look at yourself only in the physical and in yourself. You can do nothing, and that is absolutely true. But I'm telling you, when you look at who you are in Christ, you see yourself seated at the right hand of the Father, that there was power to positionally raise you and cause you to be seated in heavenly places. And that's the viewpoint that we're meant to have on life. We're not meant to be like a, a wee worm or a wee caterpillar, you know, crawling through life. No, we're meant to go through a transformation and renew our mind to where we are now seated and see ourselves far above principalities. And when you go through a transformation, that renewing of your mind, you actually can rise up higher and start living the life that God has for you. There's power to rise above because of the resurrection. Do you know, in this portion of scripture, I encourage you to look at the Greek words here if, you, if you're a studier, and not everybody is, but I'm not going to even go through them. But there's five words for power that are used in that prayer. And it shows that it took all of God's power to raise Jesus from the dead. The greatest display of God's power was not in creation because the Bible lets us know it was the work of his fingers and the work of his hands. But the Bible says that his arm brought salvation. Let me tell you, there's more power in your arm than there is in your fingers and in your hand. And the greatest display of God's power was to raise Jesus from the dead. Do you know why? Because when Jesus rose from the dead, all of humanity was identified in Jesus. And I'm telling you, he didn't just raise Jesus from the dead. He raised all of humanity. He made it possible. Not everybody saved, but he paid the price for all of humanity so that anyone could make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. So when Jesus rose from the dead, let me tell you the possibility for you and me and anybody else to receive Jesus as our Savior was in that. I'm so thankful that in, in, in September of 1993, I made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life and I availed of what he won for me 2,000 years ago. And you know what? That's our mission today is to go and let people know that God's not holding your sin against you. For anybody um, that doesn't know Jesus, our mission is to be ambassadors and go and let people know that God wants you free because there's a Savior who came to set you free and he's already paid the price. And I'm telling you, 1 John chapter 2 lets us know that he didn't just pay the sin, my, my sins and your sins, anyone that is saved, but he paid for the sins of the whole world. The price has been already paid. And that's why it took so much power to raise Jesus up from the dead. Let me tell you, the resurrection is powerful. It's the most powerful message that there is. And I'm telling you, the proof is in it because it has the power to change people's lives. It has the power to heal bodies. It has the power to set people free from drugs. It has the power to turn families around, turn homes around. Let me tell you, I've seen homes that were on the rocks um, turned around because people turned their life to Jesus. And, and I'll tell you, he came into that family and he became the center of that family and healed that family and changed that family. Let me tell you, there's power in the resurrection. I've seen people that drugs were controlling their life. And I'm telling you, they, became, they were set free by the power of God. Bodies healed, lives restored. Why? Because there's power in this 
gospel. It's the most powerful story that there is. And it's what sets this story apart from every other, every other story, from every other Messiah figure. You know, there's been many Messiah figures that have came, but they're all dead and in a tomb. But you know what? There's an empty tomb because Jesus rose from the dead. And he, I'm telling you, when he rose, you rose and I rose. And I'll tell you, there is power in this gospel. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful gospel. Another thing is the power or the, the, the resurrection equals righteousness or justification. Do you know what? Because of Jesus dying, taking our sin and being raised, it sealed the deal. And that deal is sealed. And I'm telling you, in the highest courts in the universe, God, when you receive Jesus, it's just like the judge of the ages slapped that hammer down. And he said, I declare that you are no longer a sinner once you receive Jesus. And I declare that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And therefore, I declare you justified. The word justified means just as if you never sinned. It's like when Jesus delivered you from sin and death, it's like sin and death never had a hold on your life. In his eyes, he sees you justified. You know, that God's not holding in your sin against you. And once you receive Jesus, you receive the payment for sin. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. Um, Romans 4 and verse 24, it says, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, and was raised for our justification. So I'm telling you, Jesus took your offense, your sin, and he made you righteous. And you're justified, but it says he was raised for our justification. Yeah, man, let me tell you, the church needs to get a revelation of that. Church is so sin conscious. Every, you know, even, even people are talking about this coronavirus and, and they're saying that it's this sin and it's that sin that's bringing the coronavirus. Let me tell you, it's, there's sin in this world. We live in a broken world and that's why Jesus entered it to set us free. It's, it's, the, there's a, the, the world is in a crisis just because it's fallen. So many times people, people get into all of that stuff and they're wanting to say it's this individual sin and it's that individual sin and they're so sin conscious. And then you have the church still repenting over sin and the sins of this land. Let me tell you, from I got saved, I've heard people repenting over the sins of this land. At what stage is the sins of this land taken care of? Because I can tell you with that same mentality, in 10 years' time and 20 years' time, people are going to be doing the same thing. And so people, people just want to, want to live in that place of sin consciousness. What's going to change this world is people that have been set free from the system of this world, going into this world and bringing the gospel to people. The only hope for this land is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, we are that generation that have that, that, um, that are set free, that have the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, we have the gospel. We have the power of God. Let me tell you, what else do we need? Praise God. Amen. You can't see that in the book of, in the book of, um, um, or in, um, the book of Acts, where they went, went about con, 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 um, having all of these repentance meetings and repentance meetings and repentance meetings. You don't see it in the book of Acts. What you see is people who were delivered from one kingdom into another kingdom. They went and brought that kingdom to their area and they brought a change to their area because they were righteous conscious. They realized that they had the power of God, that they had been set free. And Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what we need to know more. Focused on the resurrection power 
that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, people want to go back and say, we, if we humble ourselves, and yeah, it was for the Jewish people because every time they got into sin, there was the, the, they went into they got ended up through time they would go into captivity until, like in the book of Daniel, where they'd humble themselves and pray in sackcloth and ashes to be able to be brought back to the land again. We don't live in that covenant. We need to see that we have been set free. That we need to start thinking like new covenant believers. And we need to start thinking that we're a righteous conscious, delivered from the system, and go and set as many people free from that system with the power of God as we possibly can. And that is our mission as the, as the church. Praise God. The, ch- the resurrection equals a living hope. Because of the resurrection, you have a living hope. If in this life only we have hope, we're of all men mo- most miserable. But thank God we have a living hope that will outlast this life, we have hope in life, but we've hope even beyond the grave. As it says in First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. So we have, we have, um, we have, we have an eternal hope tonight. Thank God for a living hope. We, the resurrection also equals a resurrection body someday. One day because Jesus was raised from the dead. Let me tell you, you're going to be, if you die today, There's going to be hope for you still once you receive Jesus that one day your body is going to come out of the ground and it's going to be a glorified body. Where does your spirit go? Because it's reconnected to God the moment you die, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So your spirit goes to be with God. Your body goes to the ground. But we have a promise one day that what Jesus got we're going to get because he did it for us. So we're going to have a glorified body one day. You'll have a glorified body one day, a body that can't sweat, a body that can't be weak, a body that has no wrinkles, a body that's in perfect shape, and a body that cannot die. It'll be incorruptible. It'll not be a mortal body, a death-doomed body like the one we live in. Let me tell you, it'll be a body that cannot die. What a day that's going to be. Um, Romans um, 6 and verse 5, it says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Praise God, because he got a a glorified body, so do we. Um, The Bible says in in, um, Philippines 3 verse 21, "Who Who shall change our vile body, this body of weakness, that it may become fashioned like unto his glorious body. And there's many scriptures that talk about that. Resurrection equals death defeated. Death has been abolished, it says in in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 10, because of the resurrection, because of the gospel. Um, In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, talking about the rapture of the church, and it lets us know that this corruptible body is going to be put off one day and and we're going to have a glorified body and I'm telling you that's going to be that body that cannot die let me tell you Jesus defeated death and all of its effects and that's what the resurrection is all about it says death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is your sting oh grave where is your victory and it says the sting of death is sin. See, Jesus removed sin. So the sting has been removed. And the strength of sin is the law. The law condemned you because you were a sinner. But Jesus fulfilled the law for you and took your sin. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's why it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ through our Lord Jesus Christ there's only one person that can give you victory over the grave and his name is Jesus because he's the only one person who took on the grave and rose victorious over it he took your sin 
took your guilt, took your shame, and I'm telling you, he was buried and he rose victorious, free from it, so that when we receive him, we're free from it, and one day we'll have a glorified resurrection body. What a wonderful message. The resurrection proves who Jesus is, is the message that proves that Jesus is alive. And that's why all through the book of Acts, when you read the book of Acts, you will see that they have preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's a message we do not need to be ashamed of. If Paul was made fun of in the, in, the, the, in the book of Acts, you know, said to Paul, you're mad. You know, you've, you've gone mad with too much learning because people cannot count or comprehend a resurrection. But I'm telling you, we're not called to comprehend the resurrection. We're just called to believe it. And when you believe it, there's power in the resurrection to set you free. Here's the last thing this evening. There's the resurrection equals joy. You know, before Jesus died, he said to the disciples over in John chapter 16, he says, uh, you know, he says, um, a little while and you see me, and then a little while you won't see me. And it was because of all this event, he's going to go to the cross, die, and ultimately go to the Father and pour out his blood. And then, you know what, he would go to the Father for um, where he is now as well, where he, when he ascended. But he told the disciples that they would wait for a while because they didn't know what was happening. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, I'm telling you, for the disciples, their world fell apart. And um, Jesus told them this in John 16 and verse 20. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of child, she remember, remembereth no more the anguish for the joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man takes from you. Let me tell you, when you understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's a joy that comes that no one can take from you. That's why even whenever Nero, that wicked man, Whenever he took Christians and he used to dip them in oil and hang them in the trees in his, his night parties and he would set them on fire and the Christians would sing and they would worship their God. Do you know why? Because he could have took their life, he could take their physical life, but he couldn't take their joy. Because I'm telling you, a few seconds later, they were in the very presence of God. And when you know the life that you have, there's power in it, and it gives you joy. But I'm telling you, the world didn't give you that joy. The world doesn't give you that peace, and it can't take it away. There's joy when you know Jesus. That's why sometimes in people's lives, they're lost and they don't know what's happening. And then when they receive Jesus, that joy comes. Um, even at the minute, there's a lot of people lost in the world and they do not know what the answer is. The, their world has turned upside down on its head. There's people depressed tonight. There's people suicidal tonight. There's people, you know, they have no hope. They don't know what they're going, going, to, going to go back to after all of this is over. There's people's businesses are going to be closed. And I'm telling you, there's people in despair tonight. Uh, but I'm telling you, there's joy in Jesus Christ when you receive him as the Lord and Savior of your life. No matter what this world throws at you, when you have Jesus in your heart, nothing can take that, that joy away. And the only way you get saved is you have to believe in the resurrection. You have to believe. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says that if we shall confess... If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. When you put faith in what Jesus done for you, that he died your death, but he rose victorious over it, and you receive eternal life. Let me tell you, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So praise God. What a wonderful day. Resurrection Sunday. And I'm telling you, we have the most powerful message on the planet. And don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed 
of the gospel because the Bible says it's the power of God unto salvation. Thank you for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries, followed by the number one at gmail.com.